But the majority will say no and keep shopping or procrastinate or just shop by price because they feel that no matter what you're saying, you're just trying to sell them. Sell me. And the new consumer does not want the feeling of being sold. They want to be understood and then to understand. Mr. Joe Simon, I appreciate up, you so much for being on the podcast. Likewise, man. bro. I appreciate Look, it. Man, this is a sick setup. You uh, spent some good time on it, huh? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. This, so, this is my home office. Yeah. <laughs> so a funny story. We actually spent like a whole 45 minutes to set this up. And my man over here was so kind enough to actually <laughs> like give us the lighting and like even put the logo up here. I appreciate you, man. No Thank problem. You. Yeah. So let's, let's get started. I want to a lot of people know you as uh, Joe Coach on Instagram, a guy who talks about sales domination, mm-hmm. you know, just killing the game. Mm-hmm. Where did this start from? Where did your journey start from? What brought um, you into sales? Like, why sales? You know, you? Like, a, like a lot of people who are like meant to be in a business entrepreneurship or, or sales profession started at a very young age. I mean, I was like the other kids out there that are successful in sales now doing the lemonade stands and selling stuff for my school and constantly looking for ways to make money and, and hustle so that I could have a little bit of freedom even in, my, even in my childhood because, you know, a lot of our parents were working so hard to provide for us having extra spending money wasn't something that was appropriate to ask for hmm. in childhood. So it started way back in childhood. So for you, you kind of didn't have the access to extra money. So you thought to yourself, I have to go out there and get it on my own. It didn't seem like I was trying to sell. That just seems like a natural instinct. When you're a child, you you think for yourself as opposed to later in life when you get programmed by the schooling system, by society, society starts thinking for you. Okay. So if you sometimes when I'm, I'm trying to figure out a problem, I often ask myself, what would the nine-year-old Joe do. Because the nine-year-old Joe was like, here's a problem, how do I fix it? He wasn't like, maybe, what if, this person won't approve, what if I fail, Wasn't he wasn't like that. Yeah, but so. where, did, where did this come from? Like, was this something you learned from your parents? Like, okay, I have to, like money's something that I need naturally in life. Because you say that that's from a lot of people, but specifically my generation, you don't see that too much. So it's like, people are very kind of dependent growing up now, more than independent. What do you mean by how do you how did you know that you needed to make money? What do you mean by that? So what I mean by that is like, is this something you saw from your parents? Is this because you were like in a position one day where you're like, okay, I want something, but I wasn't able to get it? Like, what what sparked up the need to put yourself out there at a young age and start making what people call money? You know, it wasn't it wasn't like at a young age I, I had some huge aspiration or specific goal. Uh-huh. I think a lot of this was a reaction to scarcity. Okay. Don't do this. Don't spend that. Save your money. We can't afford that. We can't afford this. Which is sometimes what a family has to do, especially if they're just starting out in a country or raising young children and they have to be very meticulous about their, their money. Mm-hmm. But everything seemed to be, seemed to come from a place of scarcity. Okay. And maybe it was an intuitive response, you know, as a child and, and, and young man thinking, I realize one thing, I'll fast forward and I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. Whenever I've been in an area of life where I've constantly had the budget myself to hold back on things that made me happy or ways that I could contribute, 
or gifting that I could give, whenever I had to hold back because of money, those were the most suppressed times of my life. Oh, wow. Right. That's when you felt the least When least almost power. every decision I have to make takes into <clears throat> consideration a budget. If you have to consider your budget in every decision that you make and you live in a country like America, when there's then there's like something wrong. There's something wrong with the picture that you live in. Okay. So where did your sales career start? My sales career started um, officially as a teenager. It was my first job. Okay. Was in retail sales. And mm-hmm. you took it from there and then now you coach and mentor over 300 companies, you say, correct? Over the past you know, decade or mm-hmm. so. I've worked with and mentored over 300 organizations and sales teams in over 20 different industries. Mm-hmm. And but that wasn't like it's not like I knew that I was going to be a sales coach going into my sales career. I became a sales coach, if that's what you want to call it, um, a teacher. A I became a teacher is, yeah. out of my own frustration in sales because of the frustration in my own career in sales, the ups and downs in sales leadership, the ups and downs. I was having and people around me were having. And I started to notice that it's this is happening to most of us. And you're in sales, you, you go into sales or entrepreneurship or business, whatever you do right now, I think we think that sales means just a salesperson. Anytime your performance at work or in life depends on your ability to communicate, you're in sales. Hmm. Whether you're looking for a promotion or whether you work on commission or whether your team hits bonuses, whatever the case may be, your communication is proportionate to your performance or your income, right? Okay. So what I was seeing was a lot of people having the same ups and downs throughout their career and only doing exceptionally well and shining when their environment was perfect. The economy was perfect. The marketing was perfect, right? Their industry was booming. Their product was was fresh on the market. Their product was popular. And when those things disappear, then salespeople tend to struggle. And I saw this happening on a massive scale including off and on throughout my own career. That's what, that was the tipping point where I was like, why is this happening? Because if you're really that good at what you do, if you call yourself a top producer or whatever the case may be, it shouldn't be based on a moment in time. It should be someone that, who you are, regardless of the economy, regardless of the industry you're in, regardless of the background you come from, it's someone you become. It's a mindset, the top producer mindset, the domination mindset, is somebody you're constantly becoming. And if you're that good, no economy, industry, or group of people should be able to knock you down. So this knowledge is amazing. You have, you seem to have a lot of experience in the in the field. When you first started though, who were your mentors? Who did you look up to? Did certain people in your life come to into your life and like teach you specific tactics that made you realize this? Or was so, it simply like just you? Nobody really does anything alone. Mm-hmm. There's There's always something positively influencing you and something that's negatively influencing you. It's just focus on what you choose to see. And I will say that there were people who were placed in my life either by God or for some reason to sort of give me a glimpse, give me a glimpse of hope, to sort of push me along or hold me accountable or tell me I can do it, tell me to go after it. You get it? So there was random occurrences of good people in your life. There's also really, really good people in your life and sometimes they're very close to you that don't know any better and will try to hold you back yeah. from what you're capable of we just in order to protect stuff. you. Okay. So we know that most successful people who have broken through <coughs> that layer, that layer of love, that layer of resistance, that layer of doubt, that layer of criticism, skepticism, know now that sometimes people are trying to protect you when you don't need protection, you need progress. Hmm. Okay. Makes sense? And is there someone certain in your life that you remember that really drastically changed everything for you? 
Because I'm curious. I, yeah. I, I, from every great player comes a great coach. Sure. You know what I mean? And now you're taking on the role of being a coach. Sure. And you're doing an awesome job. I'm just curious to know where that all fired there's, up from. You know, I, I've, I've learned a lot from, from people. And okay. I can't say that there's one person who has led me to where I'm at right now. All right. I can't say that. What I can say is there's a lot of influential people out there. Go learn something from all of them. I don't subscribe to this. All you need is one mentor or two mentors. Okay. We live in a world of information. Now, the, the reason they're saying that is because don't just seek information, execute. Don't just learn from me, go practice. You get it? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can get distracted because you, you have too much information. True. So you go into a state of procrastination. And you don't confusing, do anything. Or seeking perfection. Yeah. So you don't do anything. So the only reason they see that, I prefer a modified approach. Whether I'm borrowing things from you know, the great Tony Robbins or a manager that I had in my, during my career. Maybe it's part of something that I read in a book. And remember when I told you about that point of frustration, and I know there's people out there in the audience that are either in sales or in business or are thinking about getting into it. Or maybe you're not and your income is up and down, up and down, up and down. And it holds you back from doing important things in your life, like committing to a relationship like raising a child or like getting married or like becoming an entrepreneur or making whatever that jump is for you. You get it? So when you don't feel that you have the confidence to consistently grow small peaks and valleys, it holds you back in many areas of your life. Make sense? Yes, I'm following you. So I relate I, to this a lot. So Yeah, whether it's my diet or my skills or my business sense, I, I, I love to observe different people Right, especially people who are massively more successful than me. Mm -hmm. And I like to look at their formula. And if they're super religious or they're super romantic about it, I don't just subscribe to them because I understand why they're like that. Instead, I am self-aware, take a look at your life, figure out what it is that is most important to you, and go look for people, tactics, and ideas and strategies that apply to your life right now. Hmm. That's why a lot of us mentors don't like the question, what book should I read? Well, I don't know where like you're at. In your, I don't know where you're at in your life. Dude. <clears throat> yeah. Like what I would read right <clears throat> now might be too advanced for you. You know, there's some great books out there. Like if, you, if you've got to ask <clears throat> me what's a good book to read, you either can't afford the internet, <laughs> right? Or you, you're, you're stuck, so stuck in this matrix of mediocrity, which we'll get to in a minute, which is big. I need to drop that on your audience so that they're aware of this. It'll change your career forever. But they're stuck in this matrix of mediocrity. They know how to buy things online. They know how to plan vacations. And they know how to book dinners. And they know how to watch funny videos. But they forgot that they can use the same device to go search for the information. See, that they need. I think the problem with that is an overload of content and quote unquote professionals that come into a field and say, <laughs> I know and I have your answers. Right. And then they give you like the step by step process because the novice who don't know really better than what they know online. Sure. They look at this and you're like, oh, okay, this seems simple. So they try this and then they get someone else. They try that and they get someone else. They try that. And then you end up ending in this huge confusion. Mm -hmm. Huge realization for mm -hmm. me recently with my business. I'm like, wait, I can't follow what, like, what you just said right sure. now. I can't follow this specific step or this specific step sure. because it may not work for my story or my business or my uh, strategy. Or I might just work differently. So the reason, one of the reasons that people consume a lot of information before they do anything is because they never do anything. But it's the fear. It's the fear. You can call it whatever you want. Yeah. When you consume something that you can use, you have to implement it right away. Instantly. Don't just yeah. bounce to the next piece of information. Uh, I'm not saying going out there and study 300 people and don't make a move. I'm saying, like when I mentor my clients, we study something, I teach them the psychology, we script it out, 
we role play how it's going to go and we implement the same day before I lay on another course. Oh, wow. Okay, you so you like keep them accountable so the, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, the key is that people are becoming fascinated or entertained with, with re- retaining knowledge, but they're retaining so much knowledge that it's they don't know what to implement. I've been through that. I know exactly what you're talking about. You right. go through this like hiccup because sure. it's like, I have so much, I don't know where to start. Right. So you need to take a chunk, implement. Yeah. Practice. Take another chunk, implement. Practice. And if you're absorbing a lot of knowledge, at least break it up and realize what's most important, what's going to have the most impact on me right away. What is immediately applicable to my life, my business, or my sales? And use that. Don't just get fascinated. Have you noticed people out there memorizing quotes, reading books just for the sake of conversation? Just to look good. Yeah, there's so many. There are influences out there. The 90% of their material is just regurgitating what another influencer said. 100%. You understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's starting to become a pattern. It's like a, a brand, a painting you put on the wall. It's cool the first time you see it, the second time you see it, but after a while, you don't even see it anymore. Yeah. So it has no impact. So learn, implement, learn, implement. That's the key. So with you, now that you're training, you're in the sales industry, what mm-hmm. makes you so special? What makes you stand out? You call it sales domination. Tell me what that means. Yeah, so domination selling is, is two-part. It's a mindset, first of all, that if I were to sum it up for you, I would say in the new economy, which I'll explain the new economy to you here in a minute, very important that people understand this because what I'm about to describe during this podcast is going to uncover and, and awaken you to a lot of the challenges that you're having, whatever that may be in your career or life. But domination selling is based on a domination mindset, which, which says don't seek to be competitive in this economy. Because if you're seeking to be competitive, that means you're waiting for somebody else to level up and then wow. you're competing with that. If you're in a domination mindset, you're observing what's happening in your industry, but you're saying, how can I be four times greater? How can I be five times greater? How can I better understand my audience? How can I better understand my customer? How can I better deliver value? What happens in sales is, is our sales training gets handed down from one person to another, especially within one industry. And no matter what industry I coach in, and no matter what company I go to, everyone thinks your company is so unique. You're not unique, bro. You're not unique. 98% of the words that come out of your mouth are Are being used used across your whole industry and then across sales. So in domination selling, you have to be aware of something I call sales patterns, which would be aware of your sales patterns because if customers are hearing it from everyone, it loses its luster, it loses its value. Just like you said about the meaning. So if all salespeople sound the same (sighs) to the customer, two things happen. No matter how sincere you are about helping me, I can't tell because you sound like a salesperson, which means you could be telling me things just to close me. Wow. And if I can't tell the difference between one sales approach and another sales approach, then I don't know who to choose, so I base it off of price. Or I procrastinate. So you're saying with your method, you can still charge higher and get it not... Like and actually be able to deliver on. It's not about what you charge. It's about understanding communication. People, customers are adapting to how we sell much more quickly. Okay. Okay. A customer gets sold a hundred times more per week than they did just five years ago. That wasn't the case in previous in the previous economy. 
So if, if you go out, if you're, you know, a, a young person and you go out and every night somebody says, can I get you a drink? Can I get you a drink? Can I buy you a dinner? Can I buy you a dinner? Can I buy you a dinner? Eventually, can I buy you a dinner means can I hit on you? <laughs> it doesn't actually mean can we enjoy a dinner? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I follow you 100%. So, right, no matter what type of sales you're in, you have to ask yourself, first step we do is remove almost all of your industry language. Sounds simple. Try to do it. The next question I get is, then what do I replace it with? Well, the English vocabulary is very large. <laughs> Try to have a more meaningful conversation. Stop uh-huh. looking at your customer as a transaction, an application process, or a sales process. And start looking at your customer as a human and a friend. Wouldn't you say that's an easier approach? The this people, way? when I say remove industry language. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, like, wouldn't you say, like, I'm trying to think of it, right? Wouldn't, what, isn't your way of doing it, quote unquote, easier? No. Because you're just connecting. That's perception. People go, it's easier. Then the next person says, that's a lot to change. It's going to take me a while. Oh, okay. Everything in life is easy if you say it is. I see. Okay. Right? It just, it just sounds like a more simple method to me. Well, again, anytime you ask a human to make change, we're, they're typically resistant to that. Yeah. So whether it's easier or not is is not the determining factor. Makes sense. Yeah, I thought it's the understanding that things become easier as you practice. Mm-hmm. Now the fear of practicing something new comes from having to temporarily fail at it. So if I change the way you sell, temporarily that might make you uncomfortable. Temporarily you might not flow the same way you did with what you had memorized before. Be careful. Because just because you've memorized and you're confident about the way you communicate or sell something doesn't mean that you're converting. Confidence is not proportionate to conversion. Effective communication, effective persuasion is proportionate to conversion. You get it? Mm -hmm. So people have to temporarily go through that phase of shifting the language, the words, the patterns, the questions that they use in order to have a much higher conversion ratio. So you were talking, I believe you said 99, I think you were talking about before this, 99% of the salespeople sell incorrectly. So it's not incorrectly, I prefer outdated. Outdated, okay. Because they still close business, right? Yeah, so it works, it just doesn't work as well. It works, it doesn't work as well as it should. Okay, and why do you think that's happening? That's a high ratio, like that's like almost everybody. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll give you a hint. I haven't read a sales book in over 10 years. Why? Really? Why do you think that is? I, maybe because by the time, I mean, I'm assuming this is what it is. By the time the book is published out there and all that stuff, the system's already changed. So, yes. First of all, if somebody's writing a sales book, it's about <coughs> the sales experience they've had. And there's going to be plenty of things in there that if you apply may help you. But it's not going to get you to a domination level of performance. Why? because that person's writing about something that they used three to 10 years before. And once people get access to that, it spreads like a virus. And that's why most people within their industry, I call them first cousins. Because if I cover my eyes and don't look at the company, to me, they still all sound the same, which means to the customer, they still sound the same. So if a customer is hearing the same things, same patterns, same tie downs, would you agree in all these closes that we've been taught, Some of them will say yes and move along because they understand that they need the product or they knew they needed the product before they even called you. But the majority will say no and keep shopping or procrastinate 
or just shot by price because they feel that no matter what you're saying, you're just trying to sell them. Sell me. And the new consumer does not want the feeling of being sold. They want to be understood and then to understand. They want to be understood and then to understand the product. Sure. So you spend the majority yeah. of your conversation learning about them. And then if you feel that you have the right solution, product, service for them, then you can use what you know about them and explain to them why it's a good decision. But most salespeople are providing options. And options give you something to go and think about. Mm-hmm. If you're in domination selling, if you understand that that concept, then at the end of the call, you help the customer to reach a decision not to provide them options huh. okay. or to educate them on your product. Remember when they said, educate your customer on your product. Yeah. Educate your customer on your product. And what about the whole thing of giving like multiple packages to the clientele to choose from? So I'm not going to say that's wrong, but it's not going to get you to a 30, 40, 50% conversion ratio. 50%? Of course. That's, in many that's, cases. That's huge. Dude, I have videos from people that have doubled and tripled their income. I have testimonials from people that have been in sales for 20 years and doubled their income within 90 days. What? Yeah. So how does so you say like sales book are outdated, all that kind of stuff. How does someone like you stay up to date with what's going on? How do you know? Like what what what's your what's your practice mm-hmm. to make sure that you know your way of selling actually still works and it's not being right. outdated? So there's a lot of new research on neuroscience, how the brain works, uh-huh. why people behave the way that they do. So I study human behavior, consumer behavior, organizational behavior, and there's different types of resources for that. And also you have to take into consideration that now, now that I'm so aware of the patterns that I'm looking for, being able to work with over 300 organizations and thousands of people, you start to build a very, very modern up-to-date intuition of how quickly things are changing. Mm-hmm. So you start to you start to have these, you build a skill of awareness. You build a skill of anticipation. You're able to see problems before they happen. You notice slight shifts in behavior from customers and, and why that's happening. Instead of reacting to them, how do I prevent them? Gary Vaynerchuk is really good at explaining this. He says he doesn't read any books. He's so dialed into the market that he bases his strategies off what he's seeing that's actually happening right now in the marketplace, not when someone freaking wrote seven years ago. Huh. That's get an it? interesting like insight to have. You get it? Yeah, 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 I'm following you. So I'm dialed in, constantly listening to phone calls, constantly rewriting the way we communicate. There's something right now that I'm, that I'm writing for a client that is probably becoming outdated as we speak. And I need to reconsider how we communicate that. How fast do things become outdated? It typically depends on the industry. Okay. So an industry that bombards customers like financing, mortgage, credit cards, retail, right? Um, um, Consumer goods is customers are adapting really, 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 really quick. That's why back in the day you could could run uh, an ad for Pepsi for two years and it would work. Now, once people see it, how many times? Probably like once, twice. Once, twice. It's good. They're over it. Next. Huh. huh. Interesting insight. We adapt yeah. much quicker. Mm-hmm. Your ad, once I see it, your sales approach, your pitch, once I hear it once or twice, it's a pattern now. It's a pattern now. 
And now it becomes irrelevant to you. Sure. Yeah. I can literally say to you, Adam, your eyes are so pretty. Mm-hmm. Don't take that personal, by the way. <laughs> because your eyes are so pretty. And if you've heard that a hundred times, you don't know if I'm sincere. Or if you're just trying to get at right. whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And that's how I customers see. feel. Uh-huh. Why do you think most customers prefer to shop online? Because they nobody's bombarding them. Yeah, no so part of it is convenience. And part of it is this, the experience that modern consumers are having with sales professionals in every industry that you're in is making it difficult for them to make a decision. And by the way, that's also one of the reasons people are staying single longer. Single? Yeah. Talk to me more about that. What do you mean? Well, it's still a communication process, right? Okay. People communicate much more these days. So they're they're having more conversations with people than they ever did before. Would you guys agree to that? 100%. For yes, sure. Yes. So now everything's going faster. Just everything around the world is just Sure. It's just moving at a faster pace. Right. Yeah. So it's becoming more difficult for people in general to determine who's committed and who's not. Who's sincere and who's not. Who's trying to sell me and who's trying to help me. <laughs> Who understands me and who's just being selfish, has their own agenda. That's the way customers feel. So do you're you, telling me all about your product. You're telling me all about your service. You're trying to convince me on how it's the right thing for you. But you don't even understand all of the contributing factors on my side. Yeah. I get you. So do you, do you when you train your salespeople, do you train them on how to adapt with the environment? Or is that something? I make them aware of it. Okay. I have a workshop called The Awakening. It's day one for everyone. The Awakening teaches you why these things are happening. And every single time, people wake up. They're like, dude, this makes so much sense. They have so many aha moments. Can I give you a few? Please. Okay. Would love it if you can share it with the audience. And plus, I'm learning too. So yeah. this is like a... So I created this concept called economic velocity. Okay. It's part of the concept in the new economy. In the When I say the new economy, I'm talking about all things economy. Just like all things internet or the internet of things. Think of the economy of things. The way people behave. The way we buy things. The way we communicate, how we get around town. Things are adapting really, 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 really fast. You get it? Mm-hmm. It was just two years ago, three years ago, we were not spending time on Instagram looking at stories. You get it? Yeah. Now I'm it's following. a normal everyday behavior. Same types of patterns on Facebook and other platforms, etc. So economic velocity is the rate at which the economy changes. Okay? In the 80s, let's say economic velocity was 55 miles per hour, mm-hmm. right? Which, by the way, economic velocity stayed the same for a long time. Let's say economic velocity only changed about every 50 to 100 years before. So our school system was designed around the economic velocity of 55 miles per hour, meaning okay. you learn, if you learn at about 55 miles per hour, you'll maintain a healthy career. At 55 miles per hour. Let's just use a speed to make it easy to understand. Sure. 90s come around. Economic velocity jumps up to, let's say, 75 miles per hour. But people still learn and adapt at what level? At 55 miles. 55 miles per hour. School system hasn't changed. Society has not woken up yet. You learn by experience. Hmm. Learning by experience is in the, the old way to learn. I'm curious. Do you think tech is a reason to real quick before we move on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now fast forward. Fast forward to 2019. Mm -hmm. Economic velocity is changing at an exponential speed. It no longer has a consistent speed, and that's why our middle class is disappearing. That's why a lot of you out there 
have tons of experience, but you're still robbing Peter to pay Paul. You have all these skills, you have all this experience, you have all this time, all this effort that you've put into something, and you're wondering why you still have a lot of credit card debt. And you're wondering why you can't invest in investment properties yet. And you're wondering why you've been 15 years doing the same thing and you don't have a large savings account. You're stressed about taxes and you're stressed about healthcare and you're stressed about politics because you don't know how to make more money. And the reason is because if you learn by experience, you're learning too slow to be valuable in the economy that we live in right now. That's such an interesting thing. That means that just debunks college education like totally. In some ways, yes. Yeah. Not all of it, but in some ways. Yeah. Because what's a college book? When's the, the most modern college book? When was it written? Let's say you're studying business. Yeah. Let's say you're studying marketing in college. That book is at least five years old. 100%, yeah. And that's not the first time I've heard this. I remember having a conversation with someone about, <clears throat> I think it was like science, right? And how, um, and then we switched into tech, which is where my next uh, question comes from. Yeah. And and how things are just evolving so fast to a point where it just, uh, you if the, the education that's being taught just gets mm-hmm. too old and now professors are starting just to do their own custom way, a custom approach, mm-hmm. because this professor has the experienced professional in the field. Mm-hmm. And that using the books actually have caused people to not really learn what they need to learn to actually grow. And so... My question to you is, though, do you think technology is the reason to why people are adapting so quick? Because now we're getting used to things at a faster, yeah. more immediate pace. Technology technology is just one platform. Can you stop one second? Sure. Why is technology? Yeah. Is that bothering you? Dude, I'm dying, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's hitting you right in the face. I can't huh? even focus on you what you're saying. want some sunglasses? <laughs> I'm trying to focus on what you're saying. Yeah, kill I, it. All together. It'll make the picture look better, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, good call. <laughs> Not better now, huh? Poor guy. Let's rewind for <laughs> half an hour. Huh? No, we only have so much time left. This is interesting, by the way. So, like, for me, it's interesting because for some podcasts, I become so talkative because yeah. I have things to give. And then yeah. some podcasts, I'm learning so much that I'm just sitting there and I'm like... Questions, questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure it's going. Yeah, we're good. Because this is, like, big for me, man. As I told you, I'm just starting this my career in sales. And so yeah. it's like everything is new for me, you know? Right, right. I don't, I don't even know the old ways or whatever ways there is. I just know right. what I'm being taught. Yeah. All right, we're good. good. Cool. What was I saying? So it's a question yeah. about that, yeah. Yeah, cool. So that kind of takes me to the question in regards to, do you think technology is the key reason why people are evolving so quickly? Because now we're so used to something so immediate. Like we need immediate sure. satisfaction. Technology is not the reason. What technology gives us access to is the reason. People are the reason, Right. So people can now use technology to share things quicker. They can use technology to learn things quicker. Mm-hmm. To to right like it's so interesting now. Like you can you can get to know family across the world that you've never had a chance to get to know. You can travel through your through your computer. You can communicate constantly with people through your phone, yes. through your apps. We see pictures. We you know what I'm saying? We just have tons more access. So it's a contributing technology as part of economic velocity. You might say it's one of the catalysts. It's one of the sparks. The repercussions of that, there's multitudes of repercussions that affect things exponentially. (laughs) And one of them is how we trust, how we commit, how we buy, what we think is true, what we think is not, what we think is real, what we think is not, what we think is beautiful, what we think is not. 
right? So think of the economy things as all things impacting the way we do business, the way we think, the way we live, the way we communicate, the way we sell, the way we train our people, the way we raise our kids. People have access. So you better make sense. You better be able to provide clarity because they can move on with the swipe of their finger. Easy. Yeah. It just becomes such an easy thing. I'm, I'm really getting kind of curious in regards to what you said about the education. Does that like, because because I'm like thinking to myself, well, if the world's moving so fast at a rate that like can't even catch up with it. Yeah. Does that pretty much make everything you learn useless the moment you learn it? No. No, that's, that's, that's too extreme. Okay. We have to be somewhat reasonable uh-huh. and know that what you need to know is that the skills that you have, especially if you're in sales right now, are probably just enough to get by. So as long as you're aware of this and you know to at least pay attention to it, well, all it really says is spend, like I, I've told many of my clients, students, and I've mentioned on podcasts before, you need to normalize learning again. You just need to take whatever it is that's a priority to you, whatever industry that you're in, whatever skill, whatever you're passionate about, however you provide for your family, or maybe it's just something that you enjoy as a hobby. And if you want to be significant, if you want to be a leader, if you want to be a high performer, if you want to be a top performer, then you have to normalize learning. You at least have to learn faster than the average Joe. (laughs) Right? If you can learn faster than the average Joe, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. It's not that you need to adapt to everything that's happening. It's that in order to be in a domination mindset, which is the mindset you really need in order to provide control, freedom, leverage to yourself, your family, your company, your peers, your environment in the future, you better get into this mindset really, 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 really quick. Being competitive is reactive. Go live in 2004. If that's how you want to live. I heard that on your Instagram story today. What are your top three tips you'd give to someone who's just starting in sales on how they go off on creating their sales success or learning the right Mm -hmm. tips to to quote unquote dominate in the Mm -hmm. industry, in any industry? The first one would be find modern mentors. Modern mentors. Modern mentors. That's a new one. Sure. Yeah. You can just look. I love all the all the old school authors. I love the Brian Tracy's. I love Tony Robbins. I love Grant Cardone. Man, so much respect for old school. Well, you know, some old school, some mid school. Some of them are very relevant. <laughs> I think the philosophy, the fundamentals that they teach are very relevant, regardless, because there are some things about us as humans that cannot be changed. Those were created by God. You can't change those things. Yes, yes, I agree. However, however, the human, one of the reasons we're human is we adapt faster than any other creature in the world. So now our world, our ecosystem, our jungle is changing quicker than ever. We just need to use that God-given, that divine right and adapt much more quickly. We are not adapting and learning as quickly as we were designed to. If you look at a child, two or three years old, seeing all the amazing things that adults do, how quickly does that kid want to learn? Like ASAP. Fast. 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 See what I'm saying? They don't fall down and be like, oh, you know what? I might never walk. Yeah, no, that's doing it. They They just keep going, keep going, keep going. The next day they keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Their their intellectual velocity is hyperspeed. That's how we were born to learn. As soon as you get into society, he wants you to get a job, Learn algebra, study social studies, 
six years of history. Those things are beautiful things if you love them. Study them, enjoy them. That's not how you're going to raise your family, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm totally following. So yes. I'm a big fan of the idea. In fact, it's my big goal. I love sales because it allows me and others within my reach to have an immediate impact on the quality of people's lives without having to mislead people, without having to manipulate people, without having to you know try to convince people to do things that are not right for them. So I love teaching communication because I know for a fact, you guys better take this one away right now, and count on this. Communication is one of the skills that you will need in the new economy. Many of the others will become extinct. Communicate, repeat that again. Communication is the, one of the- Yeah, the effective communication. Learning to be an expert communicator is going to be a very, very high paid yep. salary and wage. Because that's the only thing that's continuously- That we will need. Yeah, that we will always need. That we will always differentiate you. Yep. So, one, modern mentor. Modern mentor. Yeah. What are the other two? Do what an athlete does. Constantly monitor and measure yourself. Don't go months and months and months and months and months. If you're on the phone, record yourself constantly. Play it back. If Kobe Bryant loses one game, does he even go 24 hours without reviewing tape? Nope. Does he go 24 hours without studying what he needs to do? Nope. Okay. He doesn't become obsessed with it to where it gives him a mental block. He keeps his mojo going. You keep your confidence going. You keep believing in yourself. Trust yourself to make adjustments, but observe. Sales professionals do the opposite. They lose, 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 lose. Oh, I got one. They go home. They have dinner. They kick their feet up and watch TV like nothing happened. I'm like, dude, you talked to 15 customers today. You put one or two deals on the board. You go home like that's normal because everyone around you thinks that's normal. You're stuck in the matrix too. That is so like... You go home like nothing happened. Mind-blowing. Would an athlete do that? No. No way. But that's the thing, but no one thinks of it like that. Like I didn't even so think, think of it like, like that until athlete. you just said it. Ask yourself, what would an a professional athlete do after the day they just had? That's insane. I often tell people if, if you're there are married couples out there, significant others, anybody who's a partner... And working to build, you know, a, a great future for themselves and their family. And if you got a husband or wife in sales, man, they come home. Don't let them walk in the door and go, how was your day, honey? It was good. How was yours? Oh, it was good. What are some of the things we say? Oh, you know, busy. Yeah. The usual, you know, it should be a good month. Should be a decent week. Got a lot of things I'm working on, babe. By the way, what do you want to eat? What should we have for dinner? Like, really? That's how you guys prepare? That's how you communicate? No, nah, man. If it were the perfect world for me, I come home, my chick would be like, how was your day? Good. So how many leads did you take today? How many opportunities did you have? Eight. How many did you close? One. Babe, you've been doing this for like a year and a half now. Either we need to think about finding a better way for you to practice or you need to switch it up. This is not what we agreed to. That, that, that would be perfect world, man. That would change the game, wouldn't the, it? Nobody, nobody speaks at that level, though. Here's why. Because we think the last time we were really held accountable as adults was in school. Yeah. You get a grade, who do you have to share it with? Your parents. Your parents. Yeah. Who else knows about it, finds out about it? Probably family members. Your family members, yeah. your uncle, your aunt. 
your auntie said, if you do really good, I'll give you 20 yes. bucks. Yeah. Get it? So now she's going to ask. Who else knows in your classroom? A teacher. Teacher. Who else? The principal. Friends. Yeah, friends. You see? Yeah. Everything you do is exposed. <clears throat> you get it? I'm following. When you leave school, there's very little accountability in the world. You actually feel as, it's funny because you said that instantly I thought to myself, you're probably waiting, like people wait till they're adults so yeah. that they don't be accountable. Sure. It's like, oh, I'm finally free. I, I don't have to show anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I often tell my clients, you know, would it be okay with you if you guys just write down 10 of your closest loved ones and I send them all your performance on a daily basis? Ouch. <laughs> I just chopped. <laughs> well, why is that so hard to accept? It's because you know you're what not doing your best. What if all of your phone calls and all your sales presentations were televised for your family? Yeah, yeah. An yeah. athlete has to play in front of millions of people. Hundred percent. Millions yeah. and millions of people. It works. So, third step: learn how to create systems of accountability. Measure yourself. I talked to eight people today. I got five of those people to first base. I got two of those people to second base. I only got one of those people to third base and I closed zero. That's a dashboard. Very few people do that correctly. Or they wait until their results are not the greatest and then they want to look at their numbers. So number one, quick review. Find people that you can learn from quickly. Don't learn from your own experience. It's too slow. Number two, Observe yourself, monitor yourself, record yourself, videotape yourself, play it back, do it in your car, do it in your night. Normalize learning, normalize study time. You wake up, you take a shower, you brush your teeth, you go to work, you have a lunch, you have a dinner. Build in learning time. Put your kids to sleep. Hey, hon, i am going to take 30 minutes on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and I'm going to go sit in the kitchen, or I'm going to go outside, or I'm going to go to Starbucks, and I'm going to study because... I promised myself that I would do better this year, that I would finally level up, that I would close more, or I would finally get the promotion. And this is nonstop. You do this all the time. Well, you have to do this now. This is the new economy. The old rules do not apply. You can no longer get a job with a company and rely on seniority or loyalty to be there. This whole idea of seniority is done. Why do you think every time we even have the slightest recession, big companies are so anxious to lay people off? It's the perfect excuse. It's the perfect excuse to get rid of people that you're paying more just because they've been in their seat for 20 years. When Adam can come in and do the job 10 times better for half the rate. Seniority, company loyalty. Yes, we should have good ethics. And yes, we should help each other in companies. And yes, you should uh, recognize those types of things. But don't think that those things have anything to do with your pay. You want to make more money, have more skill, provide more value, spend more time learning. So this takes me to another question that I always ask myself. If you're so great at sales, why do you not become your own entrepreneur? What do you mean? Like I've seen certain salespeople that I genuinely Mm -hmm. believe can crush it out there, but yet they're in a job selling. So a salesperson is an entrepreneur. Uh, Not everybody's cut out to be an entrepreneur. They have entrepreneur tendencies, but they don't have an entrepreneur mindset. An entrepreneur mindset is great at sales, but they're also great at team building. They're also great at recruiting. They're also great at leveraging. They're great at at networking. 
They're, they're resourceful. And those are not necessarily qualities that salespeople have. So salespeople focus all their time and effort on just growing. And right. Sales. A salesperson is an entrepreneur in a sense that they have agreed to get paid on what they bring in. Yeah. You get it? Yeah. 100% and then fall. the business, the company takes a portion of the revenue and shares it with them, which is an entrepreneurial type. That's why we call it the entrepreneur. You work within a company. But you're making but your you, own money. You agree to be paid based on how you perform. Your performance, yes. Right. So this is very eye-opening. And it's interesting because I was just telling you between the time we turned off the cameras, I just recently started in sales. I'm just recently learning. And I've come to yeah. realize there's so many different methods. Yeah, yeah. So how does someone understand like, hey, uh, that's that's what <laughs> works. I, I understand like you tell me you got to go take this and apply. But seriously, it's a problem when you have like a thousand options and everybody quotes, mm-hmm. the quote unquote, says they're the guru, they're the professional, sure, they're sure. the best, they're this. Check this out. Look at this testimony. Sure. Actually, it's funny thing is I don't even trust any of that stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Like when I when I look out for like stuff to get help and training, if it's not one on one and I don't know you and I don't genuinely see that mm-hmm. you're killing it or doing something good with yourself, I'm not going to trust the fact or whatever it is that you put up online. And that's kind of like, I feel like if I'm going through it, a lot of people are going through it too. Mm-hmm. So how can you differentiate a training that's correct and good for you versus something that's not? By the results of what the people are saying about the training. Okay. See what I'm saying? So you kind of like take what that res- what the testimonies are, whatever it is. Sure. And, and the other thing is, is some of the things you just need to apply yourself to. But I mean, you said, but, but I mean, you said like... Take a look at your customer. Yeah. Find out what is my customer... When a customer begins a conversation to me, what is important to them? What do I need to know about them? Build in at least seven to 12 questions. Not sales pitch. The days of a sales pitch are over. The days of a decision-making process are in. How do I help my customer make a decision? Stop assuming that your product is the best product out there. It's fucking lame. It's old. What do you mean your product is the best out there? If you're, if it is, you shouldn't be saying that. It should be known. Hmm. The reason we're better than the other company. Too late. They're already considering them. Spend all of your time trying to understand what's important to my customer before they make a decision. Tell them you're going to ask questions that help determine whether or not something is right or wrong or has good timing or bad timing or if they should wait and hold off. Then design your communication around helping them make a decision so that at the end of your conversation and at the end of your evaluation, you both arrive at a decision. Mutual decision. Not a pitch or a product or a transaction. And would you walk away from a sale if you genuinely believe that it's just not going to help the customer? Walk away from a sale... If it doesn't, of course. So let's say if the customer says, I like this and I want it, but you in your heart think and say, wait, I don't really don't think this if is If you've enough. asked the right question, if you've practiced and you keep improving and improving the questions that you ask, you should know whether or not this is right for your customer. Mm-hmm. You are the communication expert, not yeah. your customer. Sure. The customer is hoping you help them make a decision, not provide the product. They know you're going to brag about your product. They know you stand behind your product. Help them make a decision, arrive at a decision, not a pitch. People are still selling on benefits of the product. 
Well, that doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah, jump in a time machine, dude. Go back to 1998. The greater the benefit, the greater the skepticism. But it's interesting you're saying the this. The better your product, the better the results, the more people question it. Anything you overemphasize becomes questionable. And when the people that are done talking to you, they go straight to what? Google. Google. It's crazy you're saying this because everybody's doing this. I know. That's why I'm going to have a great career. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. I This is, yeah. by the way, a real pleasure to be sitting in front For of you sure, talking dude. about this. This is yeah. awesome. And it's interesting how we like stumbled upon each other just out of the blue. Right, right. Just mutual friends. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is great. Like, I, I love it. Just today, we were having a conversation before this with another group that are creating a brand. Uh, uh, they're doing apparel. And they're also, you know, killing it. You know, I, I love seeing... People, I, I'm starting to realize like I'm, I'm around a group of people yeah. that are just about to like pop, pop, and it's just mm-hmm. awesome because I'm yeah. like, oh, this is sick. Like, same everyone, thing with you guys. Yeah. Same thing with you guys. You know, there's people got to pay attention to the young men and women out there making moves yeah. because you guys are an example of economic velocity, right? You, you are sort of, you are, it's part of your youth, so it doesn't seem so unnatural to you, and. Most people don't are not exposed to or have access to a network of friends around them. I'm from Peoria, Illinois. Yeah. I was born and raised in the Midwest. When I go back home, to me, people walk too slow. Walk too slow. It's my it's the way I describe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like things are moving too slow. Yeah. Like seriously, bro. Like that donut shop hasn't even put a new sign on in like 18 years, right? They build one restaurant and they're like, we're growing. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean you're growing? Oh my God. So yeah, I'm relating to you. That's so not many to be taken right for now, granted. Yeah. That is true about most of America and most of the world. Yeah. If that's happening here, imagine the rest of the world. So the big the big picture for me is to partner with a lot of these influencers and educators out there that have nothing to do with the conventional educational system, but they're good people and they're teaching good skills. And to form the greatest school in the world. A school that everyone has access to. Give parents and people, regardless of their age, an option. Do I educate this way? Or do I educate that way? And then to make it affordable for everyone. Hmm. And About to provide a, sales or just anything? All the skills that you need in order to be successful. In life. And, and progress and prosper in the new economy. When can I sign up? Dude, when can I sign up? <laughs> I plan on being a, a teacher and a student. Uh, How can I ignore what I just told everyone? It doesn't make me the expert in all areas. It makes me a student in 90% of the areas and an expert in a few. At least I'm aware of it. I'm follow. awakened. I'm no longer in that matrix. Make sense? Yes, I'm following you 100%. Man. Now, I want to I yeah. wanna call, call me out on this if I'm incorrect. So I'm sure. 21, right? And I and I work in the security space. I feel like everyone's older. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Maybe it's a limited belief. I don't mm-hmm. know. Everyone I deal with, 50 and above. Yeah. They look at me, instantly assume I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. Maybe it's just a story I'm telling myself. But right. please, let me know if I am. But mm-hmm. I feel, I get the feeling that, okay, these, like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea. Like, this guy isn't really that professional. Like, how am I going to take this guy seriously? How can I buy a quote-unquote, like, my packages go for, like, for the, for the clientele, like, fifty dollars to $100,000 yeah. a month, right? I'm closing mm-hmm. millions of dollars of deals. So, is that a limited belief for someone like me? And if it isn't, how can someone like me overcome it? Because I feel like that's something huge for me. From me coming Everyone from who thinks that way is obviously trapped in the matrix. 
They are part of the problem that we're talking about. Okay. Remember what I said about experience? Yeah. In sales, every company I go to, I make that point right away. First of all, don't think that how long you've been in the business has anything to do with your performance because there are dozens of examples of people who are younger than you making more money than you. We gotta get that out of the way. Everybody's gotta accept that at some point. The other thing is, I'll drop this on you, there's something I call a respect score, right? I believe in respecting everyone, hearing what they have to say, but only taking advice from people that I respect because of what they've accomplished. Huh. So I will not say you're wrong or I will never do that. I just have, I calculate in my head and I go fine. Now the respect score comes in a place where keep, make sure that you are emotionally stable and you do not let people who have not proven themselves, they're not at least 10 levels above you. Don't worry about age. Now, I come from a background where I respect people who, who are older older than me yeah. out of respect, out of politeness, out of culture, not because they're more successful than me. There are 19-year-olds right now that I listen to and I subscribe to because they know how to do something way better than me. So here's, my, here's the key. Do whatever you need to do. Learn faster than them and provide the results. When you provide more results than everyone else, all of the naysaying goes away and your respect score goes up and everyone goes <laughs> and you become an example. First, they will doubt you. Then they will try to distract you. Then they will create stories to try to limit you and give you excuses to hold you back. If you can realize that all of those things are supposed to be inspiration if you're in a domination mindset, then when you dominate the game, that same exact circle will respect you. That's massive, man. I appreciate you a lot for all these it. beautiful insights. I'm sure everyone that's watching is like, mind blown. I'm mind blown. Yeah. So where can someone find you and how can they contact you and how can they get this uh, <laughs> mindset downloaded if they need it? <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I'm overwhelmed right now with, with the amount of requests. I mean, this is the first year I've decided to go public. Even Bradley, when we when I was on his podcast, was like, dude, where have you been? Yeah, yeah. like seriously, right? where have you been? But the easiest way is just to message me and either myself or one of my admins. We'll get back. I'm getting a lot of requests right now from companies and one-on-ones and stuff. Sometimes it's just conversation, having good quality conversation with people. You know, that's part of our responsibility now as, as leaders, whether you're a small business owner or a father or a friend or or a, a coach like me, is to stay in touch with people and never let, let never let yourself, you know, get ahead of yourself or mm-hmm. get too egotistical. So Instagram is the easiest way. Just go at Joe Coach, at Joe Coach on Instagram. And um, that's probably one of the easiest ways. From there, you can get my email and, and other stuff. And if there's something that you need help with, I'll reach back out to you. Okay, awesome. So yeah, what is uh, Joe up to in the next uh, couple of years? What are, what are your big projects? Uh, <laughs> if you want to share some with the so, audience. Um, for the first time in 14 years, I'm going to put the majority of my domination selling curriculum online for people to have access to. There'll be different levels, individual levels. There'll be company levels. And then there'll be like keynote levels where you want me to actually show up at your company. And it's time to share, you know, the results that that I've been able to provide, thankfully, to now over 30,000 people with the rest of the country and hopefully the world. That's awesome. Time to wake them up. Yeah, heck yeah, dude. Let's do the awakening. Right. That's awesome. All right, Joe. Hey, I appreciate you so much for being on the show, bro. Thank you. Proud of you guys. Thank you. Thank you.